Hey, Geekscapists. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. We are here in the Westwood One studios. If this is your first Geekscape, we're going to be talking a lot of pop culture, movies, video games, comics. I don't know. A big movie might have come out this past weekend. Yeah. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, we'll be talking about that a bit. Every Geekscape, I'm joined by a guest, and we just talk about the latest and greatest in pop culture. We get to know them a bit. If uh, this is not your first Geekscape, then hey, we love what we're doing here. We're going to have a The Last Jedi special coming up later with Ian Kerner. That'll be on the feed, for so take a look for that. Um, and uh, we've been doing this for, for a long time, and I think it's time that you guys help us out by visiting our sponsors. This week, we've got Player One Coffee again. Go to playerone.com. Play, no, don't go to that. Go to playerone.coffee.com and uh, pick up one of their blends. I think they have like four or five blends of coffee. Uh, if you guys are gamers and you're going in well into the night, you're going to need some caffeination, and they've got you hooked up. I like the Leroy Jenkins blend. That one gets you pumped to fucking totally torch your teammates and jump in. Uh, that'll wake you up in the morning. Uh, PlayerOneCoffee.com. Check them out. Uh, shout out to my boy Zach in Salt Lake City who makes that coffee. Um, thank you, dude. Love you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and thanks for sponsoring the show, man. Okay. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty Geekscape. My guest this week is my good friend, Leo Camacho. We met, kind of always known about each yeah, other. Yeah, we've been in each other's circles, for <laughs> sure. I've seen you walk in and out of buildings at the opposite I've, time of me. I've seen you around Bernie Bregman. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you at Bernie Bregman's events. Yeah, yeah I've definitely been at those. But Bernie Bregman, who runs uh, helps run Club Cosplay, and does a lot of the cosplay uh, stuff going on. Club Comic Con now. Club Comic Con, that's yeah. a huge one. Uh, like I don't always know. Mm. Like I don't know the cosplay scene. I just uh, don't. Um, I mean, and I, you seem. To I'm be inclined the dude. to say you're better off. <laughs> <laughs> you and Bernie are the guys when it comes to cosplay. We in my are opinion. deep in that knee deep. Actually, okay. I just hosted uh, the last uh, Club Comic Con with him at Stanley's LA Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, we hosted the after party for that. That was here's me, or as I call it. Okay Fest 2017. Oh no! It was just you know. I, I saw that online. I saw that online article about how like it is the okayest convention. Yeah, Stanley's LA Comic Con, and I just got to tell you that I have a very large place in my heart for LA Comic Con mm-hmm. because um, oh, me too. I it feels organic. Yeah, no, it definitely is, and and I love uh, Kamikaze to the initiated is what it used to be called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that switching over that branding was such a weird decision because like people think it's comic like san diego comic-con and that they've already been like they don't even realize it's a new con in la and it's kind of confusing on a branding well i think um there's uh, i and i don't want to speak for keith or regina and geekscape as you know we've been with them from the beginning and we love them and keith is actually my dm on <laughs> dungeons and dragons and i couldn't play last night last night i was supposed to go and play and i'm leaving town this week to go for the holidays and just had a lot to get done, so I uh, sent in my character sheet and was like, "Just don't kill him, please." Put him on autopilot. <laughs> Put him on autopilot. Um, you, you were a, you're the equivalent of a bot. Yeah, I was a <laughs> bot last night. Gold farming for I you. I actually think that Keith had his nine year old kid run my character, so I was like, "So nothing was different." Yeah, nothing. No, if anything, the character started making more mature. Like decisions. he's got lot, he's he's got more depth he's now. He's got some gravitas. <laughs> um, so. Uh, we love them. No, I love them too. And, I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying no, to bash them. It was just a, this year was con, strange. Yeah, I think comic. You got to call it LA Comic Con because it straight is, up, yeah. like let people in LA know that we're stepping up. Right. And 
And also, like, if San Diego ever had plans, can't work things out with the convention center, and maybe wanted to move to LA, no, no thanks. You still, We've got it now. Keep your ass in, keep your ass in Anaheim. Uh, <laughs> and we're fans of San Diego Comic Con as well. We have a booth there every year, and it's all fun. Uh, I think the other move is let's get Stan Lee, like the man of pop culture. Let's get him integrated. Yeah. In well, the, the Rock was there this year. The Rock, the Rock showed up. So I don't LA know how Comic-Con. people are calling it okay. I can understand that a cosplay photographer online called it the okayest convention mm-hmm, because. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You go in wanting a different convention. Well, well, but I had a I had a fun convention. The the reason that the photographers seem to be so vocal is because the cosplay this year was spotty because of the weapons check policy, and mm-hmm. that kind of made things a little bit difficult for them. So from like the super meta level, it wasn't the same kind of con that we've been used to. But from like just a regular con goer, it was like a fine. It was fine. I actually had a lot of fun. Totally understandable. Yeah, I hosted the fashion show, the um, the Le Geek So Chic fashion show, and that was that was fun. It was a ton of fun. A lot of people came out, and then the. Uh, the after party, Club which the Comic-Con. basement, yeah, Club Comic Con, which the basement was Buffy themed. Oh, really? So if you went underground, which is like, the club had two levels. If you went underground, it was all kind of you know like red lighting and like spinning fans. It just looked like the the blood ray from Blade, but Buffy yeah. themed. Yeah, it was all really the sprinklers cool. kicking. Yeah, just uh, like <laughs> I should have gone down there and been like, some motherfuckers just like I skating uphill. <laughs> You're like, that's not till the end of the movie. This is still the first scene. Relax. <laughs> uh, I was there at the pre-first scene. I um I walked over after I guess it was Friday night of of Stanley's LA Comic Con, and I walked over and I saw Bernie, and I came in. And it was still, I think it had advertised that it was going to, that the club was going to start at like nine. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't really start until 10 or after. That was a venue mistake. And that's fine. But I walk in and I'm like, I'm too old for this shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in there by myself. (laughs) I'm on stage thinking now. I'm like, like, nobody's nobody's really there yet. And there's a line outside. So I just kind of came in. I fucking, I used my relationship with Bernie (laughs) to be like, hey, man, I don't want to stand in line. So I went in. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, cool. This is fun. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> mm. And uh, and as I left. And it had been a, a, like a long, even before, because that was uh, Friday night. It had already been a long con. It was long. And I set up the booth that morning, and it's just, <clears throat> it's a lot of work. So um, beyond, be, beyond like setting up the booth and running the day of the con and knowing you have to be up early the next morning mm. to continue exhibiting, I didn't have the power in me, but I left. I saw our friend Ruth Ann, who was mm-hmm. a guest two weeks ago on Geekscape, and I was like, God bless you. Yeah. You got the energy. Um, yeah. You, I hosted their hang. panel that same con. Really? Yeah, the Light of Hope panel. The new episode's so cool. Geekscape it's Dragon is, Ball Z Light of Hope for those. If you have not heard the episode two weeks ago, we are talking all that. Oh, that's when you had, you had her on the show two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago? Oh, then everybody knows. Yeah, go, go two episodes back if this is your first Geekscape, and you'll hear us talk about Dragon Ball Light of Hope, and you'll realize Jonathan doesn't know anything about Dragon Ball, which is cool. That was a great education for me. Yeah, there's uh, a lot. There's a, a very lot. Very passionate fans. Yeah, I'm really like getting going deep into Dragon Ball is something that like intimidates. Good me. luck. Yeah. I mean, just just like Dragon Ball Super, the new series is already over 100 episodes. Yeah, and they do like a daily, they, or they do a they do like a recap videos for all those. Yeah, like I know yeah, Ruth fan doesn't. I was on one. It was it was a lot of fun to to break it down because like when you enter the world of the Dragon Ball Z fandom, there's already a set way of talking about Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z. And when you're like the new guy bringing up your ideas, people just look at you with blank stares like, Yo, excuse me, uh, down, that's son. not how it works. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am. Uh, I wanted to mention real quick, uh, I didn't say this at the top of the show, but Jonathan Sheck from Legends of Tomorrow, he's going to be calling in. He plays Jonah Hex on the show. He's got a new movie called Day of the Dead Bloodline that comes out early next year. So if you guys are horror fans, 
I know we have the uh, Horror Movie Night podcast on the Geekscape Network. If you guys are horror fans, that might be worth checking out. He's going to call in talk to us for about 10 minutes and uh, let us know what's going on with that. Super cool guy. You may also know him from That Thing You Do, which I loved. The I love that Tom thing. The Oneaters. The Oneaters. Such a good band. Uh, we're looking forward to that. That is later on the show. So um, let's talk. Let's talk. This whole, I mean, we, you and That's I, so much. you and I, Leo, you and I were always like spinning in each other's right. kind of gravitational pull. And we finally, Skype called me up <laughs> and said. Over Skype. Yeah, yeah. Skype called me up and said, and they're partners of ours. We love you, Skype. And they said, hey, Jonathan, make a video with Star Wars cosplayers answering Star Wars trivia questions to right. celebrate our brand new uh version of Skype on iOS that has masks and it's got uh, emoticons. So there's Star Wars Force Awakens. They're laying, they're laying the Star Wars on thick. Yeah, there's Star Wars The Last Jedi themed emoticons on the newest version of Skype. We love you, Skype. And so we made the Skype video. We had a couple of cosplayers yeah. and we talked over Skype. Well, it was the video is up on our on our YouTube channel if you'd like to go yeah, see go it. Go watch it. It's fun. Uh, it was interesting because you made a post on Facebook looking for people that could potentially be on it. And so, because we have, you know, we've learned, uh, we have a bajillion mutual friends yeah. <laughs> and everybody told me to, oh, um, my friend Jonathan is, I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Thanks, Ben Dunn. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Ben's an original. Ben, Ben, uh, Ben was on Geekscape before it was called Geekscape. Ben, ben Ben's old school. The OG. Ben is OG. I think That's Ben was so in cool. high school when he was listening to this or college or oh something. Oh my God. I love you, Ben. You were up in Seattle when you started listening to us. And uh, when Ben moved to L.A., uh, or was thinking about moving to L.A., I just let him stay in my apartment. Really? Yeah, because, I don't know, he's a geekscape. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. care. Whatever you it's want. Community. It's a community. So well, We worked uh, together at Loot Crate for a while. I mean, we knew each other before that, uh-huh. but then we worked together. He's just such a nice guy. Dunn is one of the good ones, baby. I do love Mr. Dunn. Uh, all right, so this cosplay thing. Cosplay. Uh, where'd you grow up? Here, uh, in the uh, outskirts of L.A. In Are you serious? Azusa, West Covina area. Yeah, the San Gabriel Valley is my hometown. And uh, But then I moved to L.A. about, you know, like L.A. proper about five, four or five years ago. But they have a Sonic out there. They they do. They have one off of a, well, at the time. I'm it's not off a sure. mountain or something. Well, there's that one, too. Uh-huh. There was one for a brief period of time in actual Covina. Why would you leave a Sonic? <laughs> you know, overrated, man. Oh, Yeah, hurts. overrated. I yeah. like tater tots as much as the next person. But. but if we have a Whataburger, that shit would be awesome. Whataburger's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, here's a, here, you'll learn something about me. Uh, I have, like, the worst taste. Like, I like crap food. I what love, do you like? Like, give me, the, give me all that junk fast food drive through. Uh, give it to me. But, like, what? Burger King, like, Jack in the Box, McDonald's. Give, like, all that's of it. your choice. If because I, not my like because it's well, not premium. Yeah, but when you do like Prince Eric or something, you you gotta you gotta look <laughs> fucking buff as hell. Well, like now right? I manage my diet, but right. like but like the, for a big part of my life, um, I was you know if were you I a if chubby I, kid. Yeah, yeah, I was like two hundred and twenty five pounds at one point. What? Yeah, and you're looking you? at me right now. That was, I mean, I was still early twenties. Yeah, and uh, and then I just was like, oh, this is probably. Bad. Like it, yeah. this is like putting sugar in my gas tank. I, I want to see twenty eight. Yeah, I would like. <laughs> I want to see like my twenty eighth birthday. Past the rock star dying age. <laughs> um, so I like changed it and then like became because the problem was growing up it was weird. I was like this nerdy kid, like extremely nerdy kid who also played sports. Mm-hmm. Then I played like five sports. What'd you play? I played baseball. Uh, I played uh, hockey. Uh, I did uh, shot put. I was. Uh, I, I did cross country. And then I played basketball. Mm-hmm. So those were my 
sports. I feel I'm Cuban too, so like baseball is like obligatory. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you have to. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, when I when I grew up, my mother's from Mexico, and she's like, "Here's a soccer ball." <laughs> I'm like you oh, have to. Like oh. I don't want to. You don't have a choice. <laughs> um, and so like I was super fit, and then when I got to college, I you know no more sports. Totally. Just stop. Totally. Just you started acting like a craphead. Yeah, and then I had a desk job and then a sedentary lifestyle, and I was like, whoa, 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 this is pretty Did unhealthy. Did somebody say ho-hos? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, would I like to go outside or eat a cupcake? You know the answer <laughs> to that. Uh, so I just decided to flip it, and then and now it's different. But, you know, it you develop the addiction, and I found that I was just more inclined to go to the junkier, easier food sure. that I didn't have to think, because it was so flavorful, how'd so you, sugary. How did you get out of it? What, did you did cosplay come first? Um, or like I was no like, no actually that, that seems like it would be a pretty big motivator to suddenly be like yes. oh wait I'm gonna be having to wear the Aladdin outfit no that's... well it's actually it's interesting that you said that one specifically so uh, at first you're like you were the genie for I a like, bit, like, and you're like I want to be Aladdin I would like, like to be the Sultan like, today bitch you're playing the lamp <laughs> uh, rub me uh, I, I I I leaned up against the counter to look in a mirror and I felt my like my side like roll up and I was wait. like. Oh, that's not good. Wait, t- tell me, like, this is the instance that you decided this is like you were the moment. Yeah, this is you like the moment. Lean against the win- the mirror. And yeah, you like felt I put my, you know, like you sit up on butt. the counter so you can like see your like so you can get closer to the mirror. And when I did no, that, you never done that. It you know, like, like the most up. vain thing ever. Well, you know, like I'm like I gotta get that pimple. You know, like that kind of thing. Like you get oh, close. Oh, okay, okay. So you're so you're using the bathroom counter. Yeah. To to, to, to just like yeah, lean in closer yeah. to the mirror, and Got and it. then and then when I do that, I felt my side like bunch up, and I was like, oh, that never happened to me before. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be Jack Sparrow, which was my first cosplay. I was like, I should lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. And I, and He's got I, layers, but they're not going to say Yeah, anything. but I looked, you know, I looked a little more like, uh, you know, a traditional, like, RMAT pirate than you I did. You looked like, like the Black Pearl. <laughs> yeah, I was the Black Pearl. <laughs> uh, and then after that, I, I kind of, you know, the, I, then I did Prince Eric, and then people kind of kept going, oh, you should do Aladdin next. And when I made that conscious effort... Because Prince Eric has like he has a like a poofy shirt. shirt. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, but then when I was wearing the cummerbund, sure. uh, it, it like, wraps around my wit- mid, and I was like, "Oh, that's a bit snug." And Aladdin has no shirt, so I decided to commit. And so, uh, how'd you, what, was, what was your routine for that? How long did it take you well, to go from initially Black, was, the Black Pearl to Aladdin? <laughs> <laughs> from the from the lamp to Aladdin, how long did that take you? Uh, it took me. I mean, it took me like the better part of a year. Mm-hmm. I was, but I started with P ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was just like, all right, well, this is what everybody's got to go big. Yeah. Tony Horton was just like yeah. the guru. Uh, so I did that. Um, and then I, wa- I was a little stricter. Like I was like, all right, I'll switch over to Diet Coke, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause my whole thing was, I- I'm not a person of extremes. I want to find the middle ground. Uh, but then it just sort of became a uh, lifestyle. And then this year I sort of went like in the last year or so, I just sort of went back to, you know, not being bigger, but definitely letting myself go a little bit more. And then I decided to really, really commit mm-hmm. um, just to see because I figured if I don't get, th- you know, the car running smoothly now, I'm just going to be in a jalopy the rest of my yeah, life. Totally. And so I just decided to make the switch. And it's like a personal choice. Like, I don't like it's not like one of those things where I'm just like, oh, everybody should be fit. You know, it's like, no, we want to see different. the Geekscapists live. Yeah. I love you guys. I want to see you live. And, I've, and, I, and I think as I've gone jock in the last, you know, several years, I see some of the Geekscapists do it uh big yeah. big fucking shout out to big yanks in new york yeah for it was more your entire journey it's yeah fucking, it's so i admire inspiring. people like that if they so go on inspiring. that journey you know because it, it really is a mental shift it's not it's not a bragging it's point your entire lifestyle yeah. it's not for bragging it is for like making you know if you don't have your health you're pretty much like that's the, all you got the biggest thing that came out of it wasn't the fitness the biggest thing that came out of it was learning discipline mm-hmm. and accountability sure uh i was able to start getting up earlier because i was just you know i've always been that like that nerdy guy 
Right. You know, I wake up, I'm just like groggy, and I'm like, oh, let me play a couple games. I'm like, you know, I was that guy. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should go to the, you know, work out first. So um, l- let's talk. How did you get into cosplay? How did that first, like, Prince Eric thing happen? Well, the Prince Eric thing wasn't even my first cosplay. It was, it was Jack Sparrow. Like, how, like Jack why? Sparrow. why? Uh, okay, so it was why like Why do around, you do this? Uh, why do, <laughs> why this? do you do this? Oh, man. Why do I do it? That's, that's, I've always been into um, sort of learning about characters, like getting into characters. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big, you know, were sort you of an escapist. Actor in, in like high school? Were you in no, college? no, I didn't do in... any of that. Okay. It's funny because that's like what my career is now. Sure. But it definitely started with, I've always had like this inclination to want to entertain, but never really a means to do it. Like I went to a small high school, there was no drama, all that kind of stuff. Um, but since I was a little kid, I always had my mom making me custom costumes. Like I wanted to be Link when there were no Link costumes. And Absolutely. I wanted to be Neo from The Matrix Reloaded because I wanted that Cossack, <laughs> you know, uh, just that coat. And, well, Hot and Topic will hook you over that. Now they will. Yeah. Now they will, for sure. Hot Topic wasn't doing that back no, in, like, 99? No, this is, like, like... It was 99. It was 99. It was my first midnight screening was Matrix Reloaded. Are you serious? Yeah. And uh, and I did... So that I would just So I know how costumes. much younger than me you are. Yeah, now which you know Also, when you, when you say Dragon Ball Z and that you're a Dragon Ball fan... Toonami. In Toonami, like, I, like, that stuff came... Like, I think I was in... I think I was graduating high school or in college by the time that stuff kicked in. I was, so like I was early, not a 90s kid. Early high school, man. Uh-huh. And so I think I've got five-plus years on you. And, mm-hmm. and so I missed that whole Dragon Ball Z thing. Yeah. And, I, and I had a choice because I was in college. I was like, I can either do Dragon Ball or I can do Pokemon. <laughs> well, But Pokemon I could play. So I went, yeah. I went crazy into Pokemon. You chose, I would say, wisely. I'm wearing, I think I'm wearing Pokemon socks right now. <laughs> I can tell you right now I am. Well, I'm not surprised. Um. So, uh... Yeah, so that whole '90s shift happened, and and you were into like getting the link cost. So you were always into yeah, like, like celebrating the characters. Up. You just wanted to celebrate these characters right. that you loved. Got and it. then and then I was just like, oh, because um, I remember actually it was Naruto. I was like, it would be cool to dress up like one. Of the, I'm such a weeb. And then like I, I saw the characters like it'd be cool to be a Naruto character. And I remember looking it up. And just seeing, like, there was this whole community of people that were doing costumes at conventions. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how early it was. This is, like, very, very early cosplay. Um, and I remember thinking that was really cool. But um, I wasn't going to do a Naruto character as my first one. And I was a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan. So I decided, you know, I bet I could. There was a community of Jack cosplayers even back then. And I remember being able to find tutorials. Actually, shout out to Sith Camaro, who is not present online anymore. But at the time was, like, the resource for Jack Sparrow cosplay. So I like oh, sort of crazy. mimicked it. I went to like the thrift store and I bought a bunch of junk for 60 bucks and I made this really crappy Jack Sparrow costume and I went to a convention and I remember walking in and going, oh, I'm I'm like way over my head. Like my costume is just not up to snuff. But there were some fun. really good ones, right? Yeah, I just never had costumed at a con and, and until you costume, you don't really know. Like now it's everywhere. Right. But back then it was like, you don't really think about other people's costumes until you're in one. And then I realized, okay, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'll just sell the costume the sixty dollars I had spent returned four hundred and fifty dollars when it sold. And I was wait, like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I sold my costume on eBay, and it sold for four hundred and fifty bucks. And wait. I was like, whoa, what? Hold on, that'll make me want a fucking costume. Yeah, uh, you bought this thing piecemeal yeah. from thrift like, stores, thrift literally stores. Goodwill. What made you think that you were going to sell it? Uh, well, I was like, like I you put were, it up you for were like, shut down. Yeah, well, I was like, just why like, eBay? I would just like, like, say, like just bring it back it away. to the, yeah, just bring it back to the thrift store. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know like, what, what made me do it. Now what that you made say you that. sell it on eBay? That's, I figured. That's I figured crazy. This might be a good starting point for someone else because mm-hmm. I knew that there was a lot of people trying to find Jack Sparrow stuff. 
Okay. And I thought, well, maybe like they could use this or that and then kind of put it together and I'll put it up there for like 30 bucks. And then and then it, it like escalated up to $450. And it wasn't even a good one. No, it was, it was garbage. <laughs> but up at the time, it was still better than anything else. $450. $450. I'll never forget it because then I got it back. I got the money. And you were like, hello, Tron Legacy. Like, so you just start going all crazy on what cosplay. I, what I did was I built another Jack Sparrow. Hell yeah, you did. But I made it movie accurate. Okay. And then when I went to... How, how expensive was that? I spent... Well, I ended up spending like another, so it, it was like like five hundred and fifty bucks total. Okay, right, and then so now I had like this nice authentic costume, and I wore it to Anime Expo two thousand nine. Um, sorry, that's not an anime character, <laughs> but yeah. I wore it there. Is that and even an anime con anymore. I almost they almost shot me. Yeah. Um, snipers in the trees. They people reacted in a way that they didn't to my last one. They they just reacted. Period. Yeah, they freaked out. They freaked out. They're like, oh, that's really good. At the t- mind sure. you, at sure. the time, at the time. I look like creepy, like I look walk. like Captain Morgan you, you now. You did like the walk and everything. So yeah. that's that's why I like cosplay because I like character study and I like okay. learning like the little nuances of character. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not the weird guy that walks around only in character. Right, you're but not, like when the moments present you're not themselves. Daniel Day-Lewis. Got yeah, it. yeah, I don't, I'm not a method cosplayer. I, well, I guess technically, but um, but in those moments when there's like a crowd or it's appropriate to crack the joke, I'll jump into character. Um, and so I did it with Jack and it was so much fun mm-hmm. that I just wanted to keep doing it. Right. I already liked costuming. I already like character study. I might as well just keep cosplaying cause it's, I like escapism. Um, and then, then I had a friend who, uh, Tracy Hines was making a little mermaid live action music video on YouTube and, um, they had been casting for Prince Eric. They did an open casting call. Mm-hmm. They, they saw like 200 guys. What? And then the girl who made the dress was like, oh, you know, my friend Leo looks like Prince Eric. You do look like a Prince Eric. I, I, yeah. I've got my Christmas beard right now because right. I'm being lazy. You look, um, you look like shipwrecked Prince I look Eric like right Triton now. right now. Yeah. Um, but exactly. <laughs> shipwrecked Eric. Yeah, you look like a big, yeah, like him in, uh, what was the movie with Tom Hanks? Cast oh, Away. Castaway. Yeah. <laughs> you're on Flounder. Your, you're, you're on your way towards working for Flounder. <laughs> uh, so we did that. It went viral. Um, and then, and then, then Aladdin came. After that, and since I had already kind of gotten a taste of a crowd's reaction, I wanted to see if we could recreate it. Mm-hmm. And so I got really into specifically cosplaying Disney characters at first. Yeah, there's um, two right there that you done. Yeah, well, three: Jack, then you, Prince, yeah, Aladdin. Yeah, what, oh, yeah, Aladdin. Yeah. Prince Eric, Aladdin. Yeah, and um, and then you know I've sort of dabbled around that area, and then I deviate. I do a lot of gaming and do some anime. I do a lot of movie characters. Uh, I finally did a Star Wars character, as you know. That was the whole reason I. I yeah, your po- How hard was putting together like an X-wing fighter pilot? It, it was really tough. Uh, so, so that was interesting because when the Force Awakens came out, first of all, I've never there's never really been other than Jimmy Smith like another Latino in the Star Wars universe, right? And then when we got Poe Dameron, it was like, oh, we got a cool main young character. And he happened to look a lot like me. Mm-hmm. And the day after it came out, my phone was on fire. Like everyone was like, dude, you got to do Poe. You got to do Poe. And I and I just decided I wanted to be the first post. So the first costume I made was a little, a little jank, but right. there was no nothing to compare it to. And over time, I just kept uh, upgrading it. But it was exciting because finally I had a Star Wars character that I could do. And as the community got better at finding the parts and making the costumes, I was able to make these friends. And then like, oh, you make the jumpsuit? Can I can I buy that? Like, can I commission sure. that? And like, oh, you make the vet? Can I? Let's work together. Let's like make this in the helmet. Like we found this kit and a friend of mine. We took it to his house and we like modified it. We made Poe's helmet and we three D printed the blasters. And it was like a cool process, Project, yeah. yeah. For sure. And now I have a movie accurate uh, Poe Dameron. And not a lot of people look like Oscar Isaac. He's a unique looking dude. Mm-hmm. So I just get all like the Poe stuff in Southern it's California. Awesome. It's pretty wild. He, yeah. In in 
we'll talk uh, the Last Jedi later with Ian Kerner. But on this podcast, in Geekscapers, we're not going to spoil the uh, the Last Jedi for you. There will be a, again that Geekscape special on the Last Jedi where we will spoil everything, and that'll be on the feed later on. But um, I found his storyline to be the most compelling yeah, for me in for this sure. new. And he was supposed movie. to die in the last one. What do you mean? Uh, I didn't know that. Poe Dameron was supposed to die in the Tie in the Fighter Force crash. Awakens? Yeah, but but uh, Oscar Isaac had said to J.J. Abrams, he's like, but I don't want to do it if I'm going to die. And I don't so, want to do the movie if yeah, I'm going to die. And so they, so which TIE fighter crash? Yeah, you know when they're escaping, uh, the uh, spoilers for The Last Jedi, I mean uh, for uh, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. When they're escaping, uh, Poe gets taken prisoner by Kylo Ren in the first yes. scene. Yes. And then Finn wants to get out and he goes, I'm helping you escape. And they hop in the TIE fighter mm-hmm. and he's like, can you fly this thing? And he goes, I can fly anything. Oh. And then when they're escaping to Jakku... Uh, the Star Destroyer shoots them down and they crash land. Yeah. And then that's how Finn finds Rey and then Poe like ejected somewhere else. And then, um, but yeah, during that scene, he was, you know, and Finn finds his jacket and he, he puts it on. He was supposed to. He's supposed to die in that scene. Oh, I didn't know that. And then, um, yeah, but they kept him around and now he's like one of the most prominent characters in the series. And and I agree with you. I think his storyline in the new movie is really I thought his storyline was great. I thought the stuff uh, with Kylo Ren Those and are the Rey two was fantastic. Um, in the in the movie Geekscape, I'll tell you, I was very mixed with the film. There's mm-hmm. stuff that it does great. I think it does awesome. It has some of my favorite scenes in any Star Wars film. And there's some tonal stuff that was completely new to Star Wars. It had some stuff in it that I was like, Whoa, On both sides. Is this happening in the movie? And I thought mm-hmm. some of it was really good and fresh, and some of it was whatever. But you know what? After having after everybody says that The uh, Force Awakens was a bit of too much of a rehash of A New Hope— and it felt too familiar and this and that. The fact that they went for something that was interesting, weird, and different, I'm totally into. Yeah. And, um, it definitely felt like experimental college years. <laughs> and, I, and I'm in. And, you yeah. know, and like, like, I'm glad that this movie exists through uh, success and failure and, and, you know, in a lot of people's opinions. I'm I think, glad it's getting people talking about yeah, Star Wars. I think different Star Wars languages is all mm-hmm. I wanted. And obviously there was a worry when Rogue One uh, was, uh, you know, you hear that, it's going to be a hard, gritty war movie. And then all right. of a sudden you hear that there's reshoots on it. Right. And it seems like they're... A doubt set in. Kind of, yeah, that they're kind of like saying, okay, well, maybe not too hardcore. Let's kind of soften it and make it more of a traditional Star Wars movie. And you hear that about Rogue One. And you start saying like, oh, no, no, no. Is this, are all Star Wars movies going to have sort of this... Exist in sort of this safe zone where they all kind of feel similar? And it just kind of seems like this homogenization yeah. of a galaxy where anything can happen. Right. What happened to anything? And then this movie definitely shows that anything shows goes. that anything goes. Mm-hmm. It's huge, and it's got a lot of cool twists in it. And it's almost an, and it's almost it. in response to that, like The Force Awakens, too much like A New Hope. Okay, so we won't do that again. Uh, and then Rogue One, too safe. It's like mm-hmm. okay, we won't do that again. We're gonna surprise the hell out of you, guys. right? A lot. Which is, I'm if we're gonna get a Star Wars movie every single year, I want to be surprised. I don't need it to be, you know, the perfect film. I kind of like watching. It grow. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. People I want forget. to see different languages, different colors. Yeah. People yeah. people forget that Jedi isn't that great. Like it has great <laughs> moments, but come on. Like it's slow around the middle. It's very simplistic. It's yeah. super simple. Like it's clearly made for kids with the Ewoks. Come on. You're going to tell me that teddy bears are taking down some of the most sophisticated technology the galaxy has to offer? <laughs> yeah. Stop. Stop it right now. Sticks and stones may break your ATSD. And your plastoid armor that's yeah. made to stop blaster bolts, but a rock, oh, that'll dislocate my shoulder. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, it's silly business. And don't get me wrong, like, it's also deep. Um, but people seem to sort of disregard it. Like, when they're saying, 
you know, Luke's so whiny. I'm like, he's always been whiny. His right. most famous line is, but I wanted to go to Tashi Station to pick some, co- some power, power converter. Converter. Like, it's the whiniest line yeah. in cinema. And was the treatment of Luke here consistent with uh, how he's been in the last year? I mean, like. Yes, it is for the most part. I, I kind of. He's still fun. He's fun. I, right. I, like, I, like the, I thought he was a fun character. I kind of wish, you know, he would have been a little bit more of the master. Sure. Uh, m- mindset. You know what I mean? Uh, and sort of like he's gotten a grapple on this, but I get it. Luke's lived a hard life, uh, so and you don't want to make him Yoda because Yoda's you been don't. done. Right. Um, again, no spoilers on that one. Uh, the Last Jedi. I definitely recommend to all of you who haven't seen it to go see it because it is probably the most interesting Star yeah. Wars movie. Yeah, for it sure. Is, it's weird. It is a weird tapestry. And and, and the first because I've I mean, seen it twice. That first viewing is a is a it's a fun ass roller coaster, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you're watching, going, "Whoa, they did that! Can you believe that?" Oh yeah. my god! Did you see that? You know, there's a lot of that. I feel not unlike I felt in Justice League. I, I think I like the the Last Jedi more than Justice League. <laughs> I would but, agree. But the second half of the movies, like similarly to how I felt with Justice League, the last half of the movie really feels like it, like it's got its feet set and it's ready to go. And the last half of the movie feels like that in roller coaster. Justice League. In both movies. Both movies. In both movies. And in the the first movie just feels like the first half of each of those movies still feel like. It's serving a few different, a few too many masters. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a few too many masters going on here, mm-hmm. and let's let's try and find out what the identity of this movie is. I, I it's the um, same thing actually. I looked over to my friend as soon as it was over. I was like, man, there was a lot of there was a lot of cooks in that kitchen, wasn't mm-hmm. there? And yeah, and, and and what happens is you end up sitting for a while mm-hmm. on on a planet, or you sit a while on a plot line, and the goal of what to do that doesn't really start to uh, be clear to the audience. And so the the propulsion of the right. movie, the thing that propels the movie, it hasn't kicked in yet. You start to get that a little bit with a storyline that involves Finn mm-hmm. and that new character, Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, but Which, by the way, that it, whole subplot I could have done without, unfortunately. Sure, but you but you get that where it's like, right. where it's like you need to go here and do this thing. But we don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, Things seem about a it, bit too amorphous still. They, they were, I mean, it is a mirroring, I mean... Uh, of empire where you know the second you know second act of empire it's like you're lost and hopeless and waiting yeah i thought that they were recreating a bit mm-hmm. of the asteroid totally tonally it is it is empire strikes back but but executionally it's definitely it's not like a new hope in the last or uh, the force awakens where they were you know mirror images Parallel, of each yeah. other yeah this this one just seems like we're gonna take that same arcing sensation of like bad guys are after the good guys now mm-hmm. And we don't know what's up, you know, because yeah. Empire, you feel that kind of hope is lost vibe. In here, they, they did recreate the hope mm-hmm. is lost. I don't understand how it happened because it uh, seemed like the after The Force Awakens or after it feels like after Jedi in at the beginning of The Force Awakens, the Republic was the establishment Coming back. now in the galaxy mm-hmm. and that the First Order was more of a. Of a, of a terrorist group, yeah. it seemed like. Yeah, they were they they were they were trying they were the last remnant of the empire, and now it seems but like they've you, regained control. Now they've regained control at the beginning of this movie, and you're like, what? but but they lost their leverage. They lost Starkiller Base, which they is lost confusing. Starkiller Base, and just destroying the, in, in simply destroying the, the seat of power for right. the New Republic. But what's weird is, like it works. Not a lot of time has passed because Finn is just waking up from being knocked out. Mm-hmm. So well, uh, he was. Yeah, well, he I don't know if he was knocked out. He was fucked up. I mean, well, he was fighting Kylo. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we all knew that. I mean, it's not a spoiler if you've yeah. seen the last one. Right. But, um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, uh, yeah, oh, the only thing that kind of leads us to believe that or to understand that is the last paragraph of the opening crawl when it says, like, but yeah. the resistance has been 
you know, exposed, and now here we are. And so the movie starts. And I don't understand why they're still the resistance. They are the Republic. Uh, no, no, no. Well, does no, that the, make sense? I mean, I guess they're sort of the resistance of the Republic. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're on the Republic side. They're like a mercenary is, group. Then where is the Republic in all of this? Yeah, where's the Republic? Blowing army? up one planet in the Force Awakens with Starkiller Base does not eliminate. The Republic. Yeah. Well, and, and not all their military force. They couldn't have all had them on it's the It's across scene. a galaxy. Yeah. So it there's, is weird. there's Why some aren't wonky they stuff at the beginning of this movie that you have to just accept and ride with. Well, maybe maybe that's sort of the, maybe that'll be the uh, the plot of the third one. Mm-hmm. Like the Republic is now stepping back in. Because it is true. It's like they they took down the Empire in They established Jedi. the New Republic. Yeah, the New Republic came back. And then the First Order is like clinging on to the old. Uh-huh. And they're like a scattered force of bad guys, basically. And they have this terrorist weapon. Right. The Starkiller base. Right. But then we take it down. Uh-huh. But the Republic was just like waiting for this mercenary. Well, the Republic group. did have the seat of power destroyed by the Starkiller base. Yeah, but in not the their movie. entire but, military but, foundation. And across a galaxy? No. no. So at the beginning of this, where are those fools? That's a good question. You know? And they and later on in this movie, there is a call put out to them. Where like are those later, guys? Yeah. So maybe, well, I mean, I, my guess is that episode nine is going to take, going to kick off right on the heels of mm-hmm. episode eight. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that movie from JJ. And I, I think years. there'll be a time skip. But, but we can't really um, talk it about it without spoiling. So we'll no. see. Um, so Geekscape is, as you know, Mr. Camacho rolls deep. Um, <laughs> and then you got to cosplay a bit as Kylo Ren recently. On yeah. The, on the shoot. What was that? That was, uh, it was my first. Okay, so back in the day mm-hmm. when I was, I think, 17 or 18, I put up my very first YouTube video, which at the time I was obsessed with the Force.net, which is, uh, was a collection of mm-hmm. uh, Force.net fan films. And I was obsessed with it, like troops and all, all those movies. Um, and I always wanted to make one. So I made one when I was a kid. I like learned how to rotoscope PVC pipes into lightsabers. I had the sounds. It wasn't bad for what it was, but it was filmed on a potato and a golf course. So um, here I am like X number of years later and a group of fr- now I have filmmaker friends. Now I'm moving into that that industry. And we thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we learned a real like sword choreography practiced it really well found a cool location used our cosplay like dressed up Mm -hmm. and then shot it like a really cool looking lightsaber fan film scene and everybody kind of wanted you know we had a special effects guy who wanted for you know he works on tv but he wanted to do more sci-fi for his reel we have a director who wanted to you know show that he can direct action we had two cinematographers who wanted to learn how to capture that stuff more accurately we had a stunt guy who wanted the choreography on his reel all that kind of came together and it was a labor of love for all of us so like a crew of about 12 of us go up to the mountains of Burbank where the trees were all on fire. So they're like black right. and it looked like an alien planet. And then we just shot this, this really cool, really like well shot lightsaber choreography. Over the course of a day or two? Uh, we, one day. So we practiced yeah. it for two months mm-hmm. learning the choreography so that when we shot it, we would never stumble over this, the choreo and we could just get shots. Sure. And we just banged it out in a day and then we're doing uh, pickups, uh, I think, and then like a couple weeks that was awesome it was it was really it was cool it was like full circle for me it was like a fan film is what got me into digital media now it's i'm doing one at a you know a different level and where can we expect like where can we expect that to go that'll i mean we like like i said this is sort of you know a whim of our fancy so it's just going to go up on my youtube channel probably february uh, because the visual effects are taking some time they'll take a while yeah but uh mr leo zombie is my youtube and it's my instagram too if you guys mr leo zombie yeah Mm -hmm. get on that geekscape is that your twitter as well uh, Twitter is no mister. I'm just a little more casual. Leo Zombie. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to tweet angrily. Leo Zombie got married. And Leo and, Camacho uh, was taken. So oh, really? Yeah. 
everywhere. And then there's like a guy in Mexico who raises horses on his farm and has four photos, but isn't violating any terms and services. And so his I name's can't. Leo Camacho. Yeah, and he, I can't get the name from the guy. It's I even okay. messaged him it's in okay. Spanish. It's, I'm like, it's okay. Por favor, dame mi nombre, and he won't give it to me. <laughs> it's like también es el mío. <laughs> <laughs> he won't respond because he doesn't know how to use DMs. Oh, ah, it's so frustrating. Poor guy. It's like you're, it's sitting there and you know that it hasn't been read. Kills you know, me. It's just like ah. Oh. Kills me. So Jonathan Sheck is supposed to call in uh, pretty soon, but we're, we're going to keep talking some Star Wars. Um, do you go? Like, how many conventions do you go to in a year? Oh my god! Like that's what I want to know because this is an investment, dude. Yeah, now, dude. now you're in it to win it. Yeah, I'm in it, and you're tied up. I am. Like, uh, let's see, 2017. I'm. I think I went to about 20 conventions this year. Okay, so half of the weeks. Yeah. I mean, if you think, I yeah, mean, yeah, I yeah. Mean, a little under. And half And most of, the weeks. of them is the summer. So like starting in late June. To August, it's I would say every to, to, yeah, it's every single weekend. It's just there was a period where I went six straight weekends, took one week off, and then went four more weeks in a row. Like like every single weekend, and and when I say weekend, it's Thursday through Sunday. So you mm-hmm. really are not getting you're getting like two days between cons. Really, and how are you doing this? Like um, why? It, I got real sick a lot. Like it but, really broke like, me down. But well, I mean, what do you get from it? That's oh, all I want to know. Like, well, what do you get from it? And because like obviously you got your YouTube channel and your sure. YouTube channel will explode with this stuff in your Instagram huge because like mm. cosplay is the thing which is funny and because you do it very very well most of my YouTube is just Disney it has almost nothing to do with the cons all of my cosplay stuff lives on Instagram so it's I know That's so great. so my so I know it sounds crazy but my top priority is literally just having fun like I just mm-hmm. like doing it I've been going to cons forever um, so there's that. I just like going. I, I like socializing. I think and stuff. Jonathan Shack's calling. Oh, he's let's, calling. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's get him on. Oh, sorry about that. We'll, no, we'll, it's we'll cool. Get this up. All right. Okay. So Jonathan, you're in this brand new movie, uh, Day of the Dead Bloodline. What was the story on putting that together? Like, like having that come about? Did you want? To, is it's a horror movie, correct? Like you wanted to do a horror movie? Yeah, it's a, it's a film that is a continuation of the Marrow, Night of the Living Dead, <laughs> you know, Day of the Dead. So it's like a reinvention of it in uh, you know for 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 now right and uh are you a big zombie fan because obviously like you're calling into geekscape and we are zombies fans we put together a we actually had mr romero in a documentary we produced called uh doc of the dead and there's a lot of zombie fans listening to this uh is that a genre that you that you were a fan of or i mean obviously it's popular with walking dead and stuff like this but is that something that you were like you know what playing in that world would kind of be fun play a creature absolutely mm-hmm. i was very excited to play like a month <laughs> tackle something like boris karloff did with frankenstein or gary Oldman did with dracula you know i had to create a little differently than what they what they were working with but that was that was excitement for me mm-hmm. and i mean was it a lot of time in the makeup chair yeah it was about four and a half hours of makeup oh my god like what do you do like what do you even do when you're sitting there for four and a half hours getting makeup done well, you know, you think you get a chance to, like, catch up on things or look on your phone or tweet. <laughs> I couldn't even do that because my hands were uh, – uh, they had prosthetics for my hands, makeup, and so <laughs> I had to just sit there for a very – Are you serious? So, like, day. books on tape, basically, is what you're telling me. Like, like set a book on tape and just kind of go. Yes, that's what I, I ended up doing by the, uh, the end of the shoot. Because I, I couldn't do anything else but listen. I couldn't even have headphones on, so everyone had to listen to what I was talking to. I was listening to. Are you serious? Um, that's pain. I mean, that's painful. But I'm, I'm guessing that the results are worth it. Because I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty intensive process. We'll see that up on screen. Um, well, I mean, where did you guys shoot the movie? 
set the movie in Bulgaria. Uh-huh. The city of Bulgaria. So when you're not it's shooting, like, I, go ahead. Millennia has their own stages out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the it's like the Universal lot. Pretty awesome. And when you're not shooting, like, what is there to do in Bulgaria? I have no, I know nothing about Bulgaria except we shoot a lot of movies there, and um, I did hear a couple stories of like people getting in trouble when they go over there because there's not a lot to do, so, so bad things are happening. <laughs> well, I, I, I've been there a lot in my career, so I, I, you know, I just continue on with my life. I had my my little boy go over there, my wife go over there, and we just would go, you know, to cafes and. Touristy things. At this point, I don't really need to do all the touristy things. But they had great restaurants, you know, different cultural restaurants. And I was working so much that you know, just get off and go back home and enjoy my family. How many days did it take to shoot this movie? I'm guessing that it takes a while. If you're if you're if you're getting four and a half hours in the makeup chair, uh, and you only got a handful of hours on set on camera, like how long did it take you guys to shoot? It was about a couple months, maybe. Wow. Like two and a half months. Wow! Yeah, my heart was a little. They knew they had they had problem with the makeup, so I mean, I I go shoot for an hour sometimes. You would do four and a half hours, four and a half hours on a makeup chair to be on set for an hour. That's a lot. Yeah, it was tough sometimes. It was almost like it was almost like you were the shark from Jaws. Like, you hear the story about, like, the shark from Jaws not working and how Spielberg still has, like, nightmares where he's back on the set of Jaws and the shark isn't working and how it stressed him out because they they had such limited time of the shark actually being convincing on camera or working on camera. And, like, you, you, were, you, you're, you were the shark. Like, you, you, they only got an hour with you, and that's so stressful. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the shark in Jaws. Oh. I saw that documentary on HBO. It was awesome. What um so talk to me as well because we're obviously this is Geekscape and we have a ton of comic book fans about how the Legends of Tomorrow gig happened with uh with becoming Jonah Hex because that's a character that a lot of fans love uh in the comic books he's kind of tough to fit into continuity because he takes place about a hundred years before any of the stuff that's happening with Batman and Superman in the modern DC uh the movie obviously wasn't what fans wanted because it didn't get a big reaction. And then they bring this character to Legends of Tomorrow, and it's almost like the perfect way to do it because it's a bit of a time-jumping show anyway. Um, how did that come about? I got, uh, I got sent a, a memo from my agency, and they said they were looking for Jonah Hex for the show. Um, and I went down the street to Warner Brothers and met with everybody and came back, and I think, I think within a day or two, it was uh, 48 hours I got the part, and then they, within like uh, 72 hours, I was up in Canada. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Better start working. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about how like aggressive those Berlanti shoots are, because there are so many of the different Berlanti shows, and it's really cooking for them right now. Like um, The Berlanti comic book DC stuff and the Archie stuff is like really like, it's really hot right now. And really working, they do it really, really well. Fans are super excited about it. Um, it it's got to be fun being a part of that world and, and and being part of a comic book universe. Is that something that you wanted to do? I'm a huge uh, comic book fan, and, and Jonah Hex is one of the ones that my father gave me when I was a boy. So I was very 
excited to play Jonah Hex. I thought they were going to bring Sergeant Rock into it. That'd be and that was sick. Been just phenomenal. Yeah. Oh man, I was. I'm a huge Sergeant Rock fan just because I read him when I was growing up. You know. Mm-hmm. So I know him. I loved. I just. I, you know. When you when you're a kid and you're reading these books, you get so excited and to hear that I could potentially be opposite Sarge Rock in something, I was beside myself. And Jonah Hex just is equal; he's just as awesome. Mm-hmm. So I got to play him, and uh, they brought him back for the second season. And I don't know they they had pinned me before the holidays to go back for the third season, but I don't know what's happening with that anymore. Sure. <clears throat> so I really don't. I'm going to get to go back, but I I, I think that from. Um, Posting on uh, social media that, uh, you know, the character Jonah Hex with all the makeup, I think the producers saw the picture and thought he'd make a really good max for Day of the Living Dead. I mean, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how I got the job. They're like, wow, he's a creature. Like, great. Let's put him in the movie. Yeah. This guy will put up with four and a half hours of makeup. <laughs> he can do this. He can do this. Um, no, obviously, like, Geekscapist, if you're listening to this and you want a third season with Jonah Hex in it, like, throw it out. Um, I I like Sergeant Rock as well. I thought this, the Joe Kubert stuff that he did recently, like, a few years ago, the, the, like, he did a run of Sergeant Rock stories that were just amazing. Um, and if you haven't read those, definitely go look them up because Joe Kubert's like an old school master. Um, what else did you read growing up? Yeah. It sounds like you were a fan of like all this Speaking genre of stuff. Daredevil. What were you saying? Daredevil, you yeah, big, big fan of Daredevil. Um, I collected a lot of the Daredevil. I was I collected all the preachers. Yeah. Um, of course, like Spider Man, Batman, Superman. Yeah, I loved all those guys. And, was, and are like, you a fan of what Marvel? Like, well, go ahead. I guess I'm a DC guy more. You are definitely like inhabiting the DC universe right now. I don't know if you've seen the, the the Daredevil stuff on Netflix and the Punisher stuff on Netflix, but it's really well done. That that last Punisher miniseries yeah, was, was really good. What's that? I, I had a tattoo of Dare, uh, Ben Affleck on my shoulder, and after I saw the movie, I mean, I got I had Dare, uh, a tattoo of Daredevil on my shoulder. Uh-huh. But once Ben Affleck hit him, I got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let us know what you think of this new, uh, the new ones that that Netflix has been doing because the Daredevil series and, the, and that last Punisher series is actually really, really good. You might actually enjoy that. Um, so Day of the Dead, Bloodline, uh, it comes out early next year? Or is it already out on VOD? Oh, you can watch it right now. Geekscape is... Uh, no, no, January. In January, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was right, that it comes out... It first like a week of January. Um, Geeks Games will for sure throw that information out at you guys on the website. Um, I'm excited to see what you guys, what you do. I'm excited to see all this hard work get put on screen and, uh, and see you kind of transform. It's got to be kind of cool. It is. It's, it, it is. It's pretty neat. The guy, my character I, I play is a monster as a human being. And then when he, when he turns and, be, and gets bitten, he, he's, put in like a purgatory where he has to face all the sins that he had done in the past because he doesn't become full rotter. And mm-hmm. as he's doing that, he gets an opportunity to redeem himself and, and to ask for forgiveness for all the things that he had done to, to the love of his life, who he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to handle the woman in his life properly. So when he goes back to do it, he's now half zombie. So 
all his expressions, his reactions, he can't just be a genuine human being. He's now trying to get past that, like a King Kong uh, with Jessica, Jessica Lang trying to be gentle and sweet, but he's a monster. That's beautiful. So it's, it's a bit of Frankenstein story. It's definitely a zombie movie. And it also has a bit of that love, kind of weird love story, like like uh, affection story that was going on. And I like the fact that it's a redemption story. I like the fact that for the first time in a zombie movie, this isn't just a sheer force of nature that you're working with. Uh, you, you actually have this character turn within this monster, and you and it must have been a challenge to kind of uh, inhabit those 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 um, feelings in, through the through the prism of this thing, this this creature. That must have been a challenge for you. Exactly. It was. It was difficult to do. We look forward but it was, to it. It was a bit... <laughs> I love your dog. Yeah, no, he's barking. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's great. Um, a little Pomeranian. <laughs> a little pom-pom. <laughs> hey, little pom-pom. Don't worry. You're not being ignored. Um, Jonathan, thanks for calling in, dude. Uh, we look forward to the movie. It, again, Geekscape, is it's going to hit you guys early next uh, year, so look for it in January. I know you guys are going to be done with all those Christmas movies. You're going to be so sick of holiday movies that you're going to want something that really kicks ass, and here we've got Day of the Dead Bloodline. I'm definitely looking forward to it because it sounds it sounds like it's a great zombie movie that we're into. We're all about zombies here, but it's got some depth to it, which we're really looking forward to. Jonathan, dude. Yeah, it has all those. All those fun elements that zombie movies have. There's great kills. Um, it's just it's a lot of energy, not a really good energy. My zombies like on steroids. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, dude, thank you so much for calling in. Um, best of luck with the movie. Thank you very much. And anytime appreciate you want to talk that, comics, we are right here. All right. Okay, sounds great, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. That's cool. Awesome. So that yeah. was Jonathan Sheck. He's got this new movie, Day of the Dead Bloodline, and um, I think it comes out uh, that first week of January. Geeks, you'll probably be able to find it on that VOD. Let me look that up right now while I've got you guys. I'm going to consult the Book of Knowledge, as they call it here. That's on actually the- why my screen name is Mr. Leo Zombie, because I'm a huge Romero fan. Are you serious? So yeah, I'm definitely like going to check this out. Dude, that was like one of my biggest uh, things was, was meeting Romero when we, uh, a few years ago, back in 2009, 2010, I believe. Uh, here's the here's the information on Day of the Dead Bloodline. Geekscape is Day of the Dead Bloodline is in theaters on VOD in digital HD. I was right on January fifth, two thousand eighteen. I, I didn't want to be uh, I didn't want to be wrong on this, but again, if you guys uh, like what Jonathan was saying, it sounds really cool to me. Day of the Dead Bloodline is in theaters on VOD and digital HD on January fifth, twenty eighteen. So look for that. Um, that'll be pretty cool. What's your favorite zombie movie then? Favorite zombie movie's got to be the original, Night of the Living Dead. Mine's the remake. Really? Yeah, I'm on that side. Because <laughs> it was my first one. And oh, then, I understand that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Candyman, dude. What was my first? Yeah, Tony Todd's the shit. Uh, what was my first zombie movie? Um, I don't remember looking It might have been Return of the Living Dead. It might have been oh, something really? goofy like that. Uh, I was going to say, well, what a way to start. But I guess if you're a kid, Return that's like, the maybe the right hardcore, way But um, I always loved, like, I guess it's a bit of a, a zombie movie in a way. Like, um, Night of the Comet was always, like, my favorite. Okay people have been taken over by something movie. Yeah, yeah. And obviously when, yeah, when, when Chuck Russell did Invasion of the Body or Invaders from Mars, you know, when he mm-hmm. Chuck Russell did that one with like the big potato heads and they were yeah. in like you get pulled into the sand. Like I think when you're a kid and you're trying to figure out what your identity is, all those snatcher movies, those body snatcher movies or zombie movies where you lose your identity right. and become some form of right. homogeny 
Well, that's all you have to scare you, right? You don't have like this sort of uh, self awareness. It's like your perspective is the only perspective. So the threat of having that taken away, absolutely, is literally the end of the world. Uh, For me, it was uh, Night of the Living Dead, and you saying Snatcher movies, Tremors, man, Tremors are shit. Tremors. I was so scared to be downstairs. I really, I would like sit on the bottom step and like. Touch the ground and like tap it. And that, see. Is the, that is the ultimate. The ground is lava movie. Ground is lava movie, dude. <laughs> like, do not touch the ground. Tremors is traumatizing. Tremors is amazing. And somebody was telling me the other day about like how they would want to make a new Tremors movie, and I'm like, it's like, listen, they it was perfect. they have new Tremors movies, and they have the ones with, that have uh, was it on the show that they were talking I about? Like, didn't they go up to like Tremors five or something? They like have that? a lot, and now they have like um, Jamie Kennedy in them. Or what? Stuff like that. Yeah, is that what he's been? Yeah, and then the tremors come out and they hop around on legs, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. well, it kind of defeats well, that, the, they did that in two. Yeah, it defeats the purpose of the tremors. I thought that's right. Once they started hopping around, I was like, mm. I'm like, stop adapting. Life didn't find a way for tremors. That's yeah, why they were they remained Bacon, unchanged good. for millions of years, and then over the course of one sequel, they evolved. Come on, stop it. <laughs> Life doesn't find a way. <laughs> <laughs> what were they doing? Like, I love how now they're de- like, like out of all the millennia where something like this would kill people. Yeah. Now humankind has come up against a tremor. Like how many versions of the cutting the jungle back and discovering some virus or some Can monster? We like we have. Yeah. Why in tremors where they've clearly set up a town and all this stuff? Why are the tremors mm. just now fucking well, eating people? I always they I had always, to build those restaurants and stuff. They like, did. Like where were the tremors? So here's what I here's what happened in my mind. They were somehow corralled within the Rocky Mountains. And then by what by mankind? They no, but it's like geography. Or? Like maybe they found like a food source that was somehow like. How did Denver ever get fucking built or any of those? Well, they weren't that... there yet. They like okay. then slowly. They sl- it's like the Watcher in the Water and Lord of the Rings sure. outside of Moria. Sure, like it wasn't always in that lake. Uh, as the geography changed, as the this is we're gonna go deep for a sec. The dwarves were building Moria. They had to alter the the natural surroundings so that they could fit it in there, right? right. And they had to they had to create an entrance to Moria. So they had to like basically carve out this path through Did the mountains. Did the dwarves put the war- watcher in the no? Lake? But what happened was, or this is the theory anyway, is that in the building of Moria, they had to like display some dams, and sure. it caused the mountain, the river. You, you know the that ri- scene where the, there was no pool there, and then it, it was a under pool. the mountain. Because right. remember when Gandalf is following through the the mountain with the Balrog, and they yes. fall into the water. Yes, that waters like basically got out and created that pond because the entrance to Moria wasn't always flooded. So the watcher was in that place. Uh, yes. And it swam outside. Yeah. Actually in the original um uh the original script of Lord of the Rings, as they were falling, Peter Jackson had it in there uh storyboarded where like all sorts of creatures would be scattering out of With the way. The light. And a lot of them were going to be other watchers. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a popular theory that the watchers started there the the mountain broke you know the dam broke through the mountain it's it flooded the entrance and the watcher came out that way because it's from the deep parts of Love the it. earth um so i'm imagining something similar must have happened with the tremors where they were you contained were rocking me so far back to like middle school <laughs> and early high school with this with this like old school tolkien talk like like what do you think of the fact that like amazon studios is looking at doing a um, brand new uh, lord of the rings epic uh, i will take it uh, i don't think they will make it about the fellowship um i if in a perfect world, I would love to have a bo- uh, the show be about like young Aragorn. I think that would be so cool because he's sure. old, you know, he's Dunedain, sure. uh, or correctly Numenorian. But uh, <laughs> he, it would be cool to like watch him, like because he's explored the world, right? He, right? he knows Gandalf. Gandalf sends him off in the books to find Golem. Like he knows his way around Middle Earth, sure. And it would be cool to see how he learned the the wilds. Uh, but if not, then I would want him to go back to like the Second Age, or you know, before the Hobbits, mm-hmm. and just tell some of those stories. 
a lot of people think it's going to be about Luthien and Beren, which is sort of like they're the ones that Aragorn is singing the song about as they're camping on their way to Watchtower, um, to Weathertop, excuse me. And so, like, it would be cool. There's so many stories in this Silmarillion and, and in um, untold stories mm-hmm. and just in general lore. I mean, everybody's ancestry. Can... that stuff. I was like reading the Silmarillion Dude. and all that stuff. It was so It's a history dense. book. Yes. It's a, I mean, Lord of the Rings started because he was a, he was a linguist who thought, well, the only thing I can do from here is write my own language, so I'm going to write a few. But he realized that language is nothing without like syntax and context mm-hmm. and and you need a history to build a language so he built, built middle earth history. isn't it's that incredible. wild it's dedicated it's his pretty life. amazing and uh did you see that um that uh uh what's his name uh, i'm blanking um ian uh, McCallum. McCallum had said that if they like he would be open to playing Gandalf in these new and he could versions. He's awesome. He, he could because he's like Ian one McCallum of the only play anybody. He could play Marty fucking McFly. Oh, I meant, like, I meant he, He's incredible. Timeline wise, <laughs> yes. Timeline wise, he could he could he play, could it. play he could, anybody. He, Gandalf could be a narrator. Like he's Ian freaking McCallum. He's amazing. Did you say um, he played Marty McFly? Yeah, I was like he can do anything he wants. That is heavy, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Look to the east, and you know, all of a sudden, a fucking car shows up. And the DeLorean will appear. <laughs> um, did you also read that 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 thing that came out over the week? How he got massively depressed during the filming of the Hobbit? Oh my god, because that's so crazy! He you said that. Not... I just read that yesterday. Yeah, so supposedly Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, I was on Reddit. That's why was was was. was during the filming of The Hobbit, he had a bit of a breakdown, yeah. and he's like, this is not why I got into acting, because of the size differentials, the the actual Hobbit, uh, the dwarves had to be filmed separately than Ian McKellen. Yeah. He said it was, it was, uh, it was desperately lonely. Because he's playing against a bunch of tennis balls. Right. Where, it, well, a bunch of, like, tennis ball-shaped lights. Right. And every time a dwarf talked, that light would light up, and that's why he would look to deliver right. his lines. Can you imagine? He, uh, yeah, months of that. It would drive you insane. And you take one of the finest actors and tell him to talk to a tennis ball. And his performance is great. The writing of the Hobbit movies, I think we have ourselves yeah. a really good two-movie epic. I would love to see yeah. a super cut of those three Hobbit movies. Apparently one exists. Because there is, there is the Hobbit one. changed it's one, my life. There's one that's one movie, but they cut all three cut. movies. Yeah. I want to see that. Cut. I haven't watched it. I want when to. I was a, I mean, I just remember my, like straight up Geekscape is my dad. One of them, you know, when I was a kid, I remember when my parents got divorced and- I remember we were going to drive to Guadalajara that summer to be with my grandparents, uh, and I remember just not knowing what my life was. I mean, clearly having Who does? just like having just gone through a divorce, I kind of have a little more context for what my father and my mom were going through. And I remember as a kid having my entire earth like shaken sure. because I didn't know what was happening. Mommy and Daddy weren't going to live together anymore, and it was really messing me up. And I was, I think, I was in the fourth grade, going into the fourth grade. And my father, uh, before I drove down, before I packed in the car with my two brothers and my my mom to drive down to Guadalajara for for a month or two, I my dad handed me the Hobbit, mm. and I read it on the way down. And this is how, really, how old were you? I was probably in the fourth grade. Okay, so you were like in the pocket for who he wrote it for. Yeah, and and I'm reading this book, and it is about the smallest among us doing the greatest things mm. and like finding himself in a bigger world, right. a bigger purpose for the first time. By and the way. I would say that that movie shaped as much as anything has shaped who I am. And like the Hobbit specifically, you know, that, that book, like reading that book on the way down to Mexico and over the course of that trip and back there and back again, <laughs> <laughs> reading that book changed my life. Yeah, like yeah. it was incredible. And, um, 
It's and funny because Tonley is so much lighter than Lord of the Rings, but it's like it, exactly. It's just a great introduc- introduction to fantasy and mm-hmm. to Tolkien's world because The Hobbit is the first mm-hmm. thing he did, and yeah. then the world developed from there, which and is pretty cool. Wanting to, and then going into, uh, and then like wanting to go into middle school from that point in getting into like the Lord of the Rings books and the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time books and all that stuff, like my mind exploded. Right. I mean, it's just, just people thinking way outside the box and like taking that and just showing you like, look how much more there is mm-hmm. in a way that's inter- reading Pierce Anthony and like all those things. Like there's like, the, like the, I was a nerd now. Yeah. Like fucking, committed. I hopelessly. was in like, thanks dad. It was great. <laughs> like so much of my identity is wrapped up in that. And, sure. uh, and I've been thinking about it a lot late recently and it was, and I was like, wow, these are the things that shape you. And, yeah. um, and I think know, about that. Like what, what my parents gave me access to as a kid and didn't hold back on and allowed me to explore and gave me the room without fear, uh, you know, of getting deeper. Uh, of course, maybe they didn't know it at the time. They didn't know that like letting me sit in front of a television for hours on end would l- quite literally shape the way I saw what I found interesting and what would push me in the future and what right. would. They just didn't want to raise us. They <laughs> I'm kidding, late, I'm Latino like, parents. Here's, uh, <laughs> here's the babysitter. <laughs> Here's the babysitter. Yeah. Sabado Domingo. Sabado Gigante. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Um, Did all of that. But it's Chapel- a mixture of all of it. I dressed as Chaplin for Halloween recently. I fucking, oh, really? I pulled that shit off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to explain to my girlfriend who Cantinflas was, and oh, she really? was just like, what is that? I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's a different world. But all of those things is sort of what makes me up now. You know, like right. I have that Sabado Gigante and Chacal and all those people. You know, all the telenovelas from when my grandma would watch. But then I also have, you know, uh, like old stand-up comedy because my aunt was, uh, you know, 15 years older than me. So she was into like Dana Carvey and Ellen DeGeneres wow. and they were just starting out. But I would watch it with them and then all of the Van Damme movies and Steven Seagal movies. Oh, and then, hell You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that You're singing my me. fucking song with that shit. <laughs> my name is Jens. My mom went to Gwen. That's from Hard Target. One of the greatest <laughs> moments in my life was meeting Michael Dudikoff. Get in the fuck Vegas. out of here. Yeah, when I was a little kid. we uh, my So my parents love, my family loved American Vegas. American Ninja. And we would go all the time. And I loved American Ninja. I loved it. Michael Dudikoff was, he should have been Guile in my, in my opinion, yeah, right? Yeah, that's not a bad call. Yeah, and um, and my aunt obviously had the hugest crush on him in the world uh, of the three people that knew who he was. And we went to stay at the Aladdin. That was our hotel in Vegas, the old Aladdin, mm-hmm. pre-refurbished Aladdin. And I loved it because they had the Star Wars uh, arcade machine and Children of the Atom. Anyway, so oh, we're yeah, staying there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we were checking in and my aunt, we're in, I'm in line with my aunt and she's like, Macho. They call me Macho. They're like, she's like, Macho, do you know who that is in front of us? I was like, no. She goes, it's Michael Dudikoff. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then she, she goes, she taps him on the shoulder, excuse me, Mr. Dudikoff. And he was, he was like stoked. Like, yeah. you know. Have a fan. He's like, what's up? She's like, oh, we're huge fans. And, and like, I'm just like staring at him like this is my hero. And she's like, yeah, we watch your movies all the time. And he's like, you like my movies, buddy? And I'm like, yeah, I do karate because of you. And then he just like gets on one knee. He's like, it is really cool to meet you. He's like, one day I want you to be a ninja. You know, like he gave me like this whole you little talk. cry. And I'm just like, Michael, dude, come <laughs> my life is shaped now. I have That's a purpose. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like. I have a Michael Dudikoff Dude, moment. <laughs> Le- Geeks is you are witnessing a true, true bromance. The second you said Van Damme and all those Steven Seagal movies, the Geeks were like, and Jonathan now. Is that your, that's and- where you live? I know what's up. <laughs> this is a bromance. Uh, Geeks this is amazing. Um, People are going to like Google him now and it's going to be like a spike in Google researching for Michael, for Michael Dudikoff. Dudikoff. That was the name of my, uh, that was the name of my Drenai uh, Rhett Paladin in World of Warcraft. <laughs> 
was Dudikoff. Holy shit. This is amazing. Why did we not meet earlier? Damn you gods of the universe. <laughs> Damn you, Michael Dudikoff. It was destined to happen. Thank you, Skype, for giving mm. us impetus to hang it's out. so funny, dude. This shit is legit. <laughs> oh, my God. So, what? Is, like, okay, so you're looking at 2018. you got these conventions coming up. Yeah, You've yeah, got yeah. that Kylo Ren versus Ray video that you're going to put up out on months, yeah. uh, Mr. Leo Zombie. Is your YouTube as well? It, it is my YouTube. If you if you like Disney, that's most of my content centers uh, online centers are on Disney, on YouTube, and then... Uh, Instagram is much more general geek culture, a lot of a lot of a lot cosplay. cosplay. Cool. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of cons- tons of stuff coming. <laughs> it's a Star Wars commercial that's circulating right now. If you see it, uh, don't tweet me. I, I know you saw it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like my phone has been on fire lately. Really, uh, I love all the. It's, What's yeah, that for? Uh, I did a commercial for uh, Google Pixel uh, Star Wars AR stickers, uh, augmented reality stickers. So you could you take your Google Pixel, it's, you you update your camera app, and then it, in 3D space you can drop 3D models in motion of like BB-8 or stormtroopers or porgs. Like I could take a, like I could be That's filming cool. you right now and have porgs all over your desk. Sure. And um, but I'm in the commercial for like a second. I spin in a chair and I fly an X-wing. But because it's quite literally on every Hulu ad, Netflix ad, it's playing on Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, and it's playing before every showing of The Last Jedi, my phone has it's literally not stopped. Lit it's up. blowing up, and it's it's cool, but oh, like, holy crap, it is yeah, intense. Geekscape is, you're good. You're but if good. you see my eyebrows spinning, uh, that's me. <laughs> Geekscape is, if you want to mention that you saw that commercial, let's start a thread. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, not I'm just yeah. kidding. Please tweet at me. I would go love to it. the Geekscape Forever page uh, group on Facebook and just start a thread. There you that's go. our brand new group on Facebook. Where were you when you um, saw it? <laughs> and you'd be like, Where were you when you saw Leo on that, uh, on that ad? For the pixel, um, we could go infinitely deep about all the nerd stuff, dude, can't we? This is bad. Like this, this is, is like we're we now super we could, like, friends. We could, like have to jump con- uh, topics so much because there's super so much. Friends. Um, but Geekscape is there's. I think uh, we got to give the studio back up to Westwood One. That's one thing Dang that's going it. on. Dang it! Um, later on in the feed, Geekscape is. I think a day or two, you're gonna find that. Uh, the I got to give you guys time chance to see the movie, but we're, I'm gonna sit down with Ian Kerner. We're gonna what throw up a Last Jedi. Uh, get together. I'm going to record it later today, but you Geekscape are going to have access to it in a day or two. Um, so look for that on the feed. I think I'm booking guests to record remotely in Austin when I'm there for the next two, three weeks. So look for some podcasts sporadically throughout the holidays for the next three weeks. And then I'm back here uh, in mid-January uh, for, for more uh, podcasts from the Westwood One studio. Uh, clearly, I'm going to keep feeding you guys throughout the rest of the year. Geekscape's going to celebrate their big birthday here at Christmas. Remember, I uploaded the first episode way back when on Christmas uh, with Ian Kerner and I talking, and uh, we're going to keep going. I just threw a mic into my face. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just to let you guys know, like, definitely go and check out Day of the Dead Bloodline when it hits on January 5th. Thank you, Jonathan Check, for calling up. Yeah, I'm glad I learned about that. Now I'm going to go check it out. It sounds out. good. Yeah. And then uh, we've got uh, Mr. Leo Zombie on Instagram. Mm-hmm. we got Mr. Leo Zombie on, on YouTube. YouTube. And we got Leo Zombie on Twitter. Yeah. You can see us talk a little bit on our Skype on Geekscape TV. If you guys go to YouTube.com and look for Geekscape, you'll find Geekscape TV. The latest video is that Skype conversation mm. where you can hear Leo's amazing Porg impersonations. Yeah. By, by the way, it's just funny because like, I was answering in the chat and for yeah. some reason my computer was not allowing the emoticons to go through. So <laughs> I was forced into making the sound effect of my answer because I couldn't just show a picture. And I think, you know what? Honestly, that made for a good video. I, 
I'm glad it worked that, out. <laughs> that, no, no offense to Skype, and for sure, I love our partners, and you should definitely download the latest Skype version on iOS. So you can get those emoticons, right. those masks. But it was clearly my fault, by the way. But the truth is, like, my the highlight for me of that video is you doing the impersonation. You know, you know, my favorite part was when I did the the pork sound effect, and Ray, the girl on the, uh, the other contestant. Like she was like upset that it wasn't accurate enough. I'm like, I'm was sorry that I'm not a porg. Accurate. Well, you're not a porg yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, I haven't fully injected you that need some graphs. Uh, <laughs> I need to play with CRISPR a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I go the science route too, baby. <laughs> so check out Leo online. <laughs> Geekscape is you can find us at geekscape.net. We got several more podcasts for you guys. We yeah, have that right. new Over League podcast on the new Overwatch League. That one's up on the podcast. We uh, Geekscape Game sounds like it's come back. So if you guys are into video games, we got two new video game podcasts for you. Always, always, always Geekscape Horror Movie Night. Uh, that our horror podcast is always rocking. What do you not touch on Jesus um, Christ? And we're just killing it. Uh, so we you have plenty of content, free content going into the new year. Uh, where we will have some more Geekscape for you guys. Um, find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. I would like to point out that he's Geekscape shrugging forever. at Just each one of those. Every time he's like, Twitter, <laughs> shut up, what up, shut. We're throwing it at you faster than you can go. Uh, and we will, you'll probably hear us from us next week, Geekscapists. Happy holidays. You'll hear from us very soon and keep your eyes and ears peeled for that Last Jedi special coming to the feed in the next two days. Yeah. Bye, Geekscapists. Later, guys. Do a sound effect. Uh, I'll do my pork. <laughs> do a type fighter flying away. Okay, that'll do it. Bye, <laughs> Geekscapist. <laughs>